0: Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. We are back, baby. I am Brandon Goldner. I have a bunch of fresh basketball cards from Back to the Basket on Hawthorne. Check them out. And with me, as always, as I'm hyperventilating, as I'm losing my breath, as my face is turning cherry tomato red, we have the one, the only, the Jenga Master. It's Ryan (laughs) Whitledge. Ryan, what's up, man?
1: Not much. Not much. Yeah, (laughs) uh, I I don't know if I only... Destroy my wife in a game of Jenga. Does that qualify as Jenga master? I feel as though like
0: I'm supposed to go for a gauntlet of others. (laughs) (laughs) You're both grown. Yes, it counts. (laughs) You. So you know, Ryan attended Cassie's birthday party at Pips and Bounce, which is somewhere you can go to play ping pong and and do other fun stuff. It was super fun, and yeah, uh, Ryan. Challenged his wife to a game of oversized Jenga, and Ryan was victorious. The last like four or five moves looked very precarious. So, congratulations to you. I know that's probably been a highlight of your year. Um, But what else is that?
1: That is how I try to live my life Uh, via a bunch of moves that others view from the outside, and they're like, What is this crazy man doing? Why why is he doing it? None of this makes sense. This is a bad idea. His entire life is
0: about to crumble.
1: Oh, hey, wait, it worked out. Okay, I have no clue how. I mean, hell, even... Okay, so, like, here, here's a, a quick little, like, side tangent. So, the wife and I just got... We got hit with a, a rather substantial surprise bill that technically wasn't a surprise. We knew it was coming, but we totally spaced on it and did not budget accordingly for it. And so we're going through a momentary freak out about like, oh, F, what the hell are we going to do on this? Uh, and just so happens, then uh, I st- I randomly came across and found uh, uh, excess money that I didn't know existed in the Ooh. almost exa- within about $100 of the amount of that bill.
0: But like the Seinfeld finds the $20 in the pocket after throwing it out the window situation to all evens out for you
1: yeah yeah no uh, it's just like randomly I was looking something up like as I'm trying to figure something else out or something else out money wise and come to discover that an old 401k from a job I had 15 years ago got transferred to a different brokerage account and had just been sitting there and maturing like apparently when I closed it out I accidentally left like 50 bucks in it and look at that 15 years later here's here's the couple grand come up and cover that surprise bill I had no clue existed and i would have never found it had i not been searching for long shot options for things to cover that so hey yeah i live my uh live my life uh uh, in the immortal
0: words of ven diesel quarter mile at a time well that's the kind of maturation that we hope to see from young scoot henderson but that's not where we're gonna start um i'm doing good i think it's hot out by the way going from the ice storm to 50 degrees i went i walked to back to the basket which again is a uh, basketball Blazers related, uh, actually more basketball focused, uh, store, um, which is awesome by the way. And actually a uh, quick sidebar. Uh, one of the people who worked there, his name is Keyshawn. He has a podcast. Uh, he said, well, why don't, do you want to come on my podcast? Or maybe I could come on yours sometime. So we exchange numbers. So at some point we're going to have a guest. Uh, and so shout out to Keyshawn. You were awesome. I appreciate you. Uh, but oh, I walked wait, there.
1: Why, why, why don't we just like bring our stuff down to back to the basket, haul up in a back can corner? Do.
0: Yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad, let's, let's, let's coordinate this off air. I actually <laughs> like that idea though, doing something in person. I, you know, it's good to see the humans. It's good to walk around. It did take like, you know, a, uh, not insignificant amount of like, kind of had to like inhale, and, like I'm going to walk to the store and like get basketball cards. Cause I want to, before I go to the grocery store and like, I don't know, just sometimes my social anxiety is a little, you know, I don't know, but it was really fun. And so again, shout out to Keyshawn and everyone back to the basket. Anyway, it's hot outside. 50 degrees is hot when you've been sitting in 20 degree weather for a week. Um, but yeah, things are good. Uh, the blazers, where are the blazers? We haven't recorded in so long. Let me quickly, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you, but let me just set the table really quick. For where the Blazers are, it is January 27. I, maybe I'll get this out today. Uh, probably the Blazers sit at 13 and 32. Uh, that's good for fifth and Northwest division. I don't know how useful that is. Let's click over to uh, fifth worst in the league. Uh, the, <laughs> the Detroit Pistons with five wins and then Washington with eight, the Spurs with nine, the Hornets with 10, the Blazers with 13 wins. That's where we stand in January. Um, and yeah, so I don't know, a couple of weeks in the trade deadline. There's plenty to talk about. Ryan, where do you want to start? Well, seeing as
1: that, I believe this is our first actual recording of the season. We have
0: recorded a pod in like three months. It's been I, a while. I mean, I, one of us did have to move from one country to another and did start yes. a new job and then was on vacation. So it's, you know, people have been doing yeah. stuff, but yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, we are back in the same time zone. That's nice. I actually so, like that. Yeah. It's also it's, nice that it's winter there and it's winter here rather than it's like I'm sweating because it's, you know, 25 degrees Celsius where, you know. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's yeah. T- t- same time zone is good, easier to coordinate.
1: So I I wanted to start with because uh, we had a lot of opinions on how we thought the season would go and so I I wanted to get your take to start off with on the expectations versus reality for how the blazers are what what you've seen also you know how much of it you've seen i know a lot of people's watching habits and fandoms have changed i know mine have personally uh i actually over the last week i've watched three games uh i think i need to stop because i'm not helping the tanking because they've won all three
0: so (laughs) that that's impressive. That's, uh, I, it's been hard for me to watch games to be totally honest with you. So expectations versus reality. Look, I thought this team would be better than they are. What I thought was going to happen is I thought they'd be better than they are. And then they would trade people and then be worse. And I actually made a bet with Seth Morgan. You may know him as sheriff of PDX. Awesome guy. Um, uh, you know, um, friend of the show and friend of, of real life, Bet him a hundred bucks. The over under on that was, oh, I can't even remember. It was 20 something, 28 and a half. My money's gone. He won. Good job. Um, Cause there's just no way. Uh, I, I mean, I, so a couple, a couple things, expectations versus reality. One is I thought scoot Henderson was going to be better than he is right off the bat and he's not, and that's fine. Um, but the other thing is I really thought that, well, B, I, I knew it was possible, but I didn't think that Robert Williams was going to have a season ending injury immediately. So that's part of it. Right. Um, cause when you think about Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Deandre Aiden, like those five people have a lot of NBA experience, Matisse Teibel. They have a lot of NBA experience. They're not like green and they're all, you know, some version of good, like from, you know, decent backup player to like, you know, sub all-star somewhere on that scale, When you take that plus Shaden Sharp, plus Scoot Henderson, plus some other people, I mean, on paper, that sounds like a 30 something win team. So that's what I thought. I was wrong. Um, Part of it is that Chauncey Billups is not a great coach. Part of it is that, you know, it it, it just, there's a lot of talent in the NBA. So while I'm a little surprised, I'm not ultra surprised. I just thought they'd be better than they are. Um, What's your first take?
1: Uh, they're actually a little better than I thought they would be. Really? I, I, in what ways? Record wise, Record
0: wise, really? I,
1: I thought that they would struggle to get to 20 wins. And so we're just a smidge over the halfway mark of the season. I think they could find seven more wins. So they are li- in some degree, they're a little better than I thought they would be. Um, wait a minute. On- so,
0: This is going to sound weird because Mm -hmm. you're looking pretty right. I want to take us back to October and remind me what your thinking was about that. Because again, what I just said, Ryan, I rattled off a bunch of like decent NBA players plus some others and you thought they were going to get struggled to 20 wins. Like I like help me understand, even though it looks like you're going to end up being right. So part of it was, is that I did not think a lot of the vets were very long for the team. Um,
1: Malcolm Brogdon has already exceeded my expectations for how long he would be a Portland trailblazer, uh, Robert Williams as well, but obviously the injury plays a part of that. Uh, Matisse Ibel, I thought that he would probably, you know, he'd be a a deadline deal kind of thing, but I thought for sure they were very much going to lean into the ant scoot and sharp, all three of them being the starters. Ant being the most experienced of those three. And um, something I had mentioned to you um, a little while ago is that how I view um, Scoot season and how I view Ant season um it colored my expectations a little more. I viewed this as, you know, the, the IMG Academy or no, the G League Ignite, a lot of G League teams, they tend to act as showcase leagues for lack of a better term. You know, they're a little bit developmental, you know, when teams are running them themselves. But, you know, when you get a player like Scoot, when he was down there, it was very much a just showcase Scoot kind of thing and he was able to thrive when he was the showcase player and it was a very me 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 get it and so but i view like that wasn't that's not comparable to me to like a college basketball experience so this year for me is like scoots first year of college basketball and in that regard because sharp played you know limited for a while last year and then a little more as the season went on. We're now in Shaden sharps, quote unquote, first year of NBA basketball. So I didn't put them. I didn't have such high expectations for scoot as I think a lot of people did. Um, Kudos to Danny Morang for trying to allow everyone to understand that there have been 24 teenage rookie point guards over the course of league history and only three have ever outperformed. And by outperform, that's like having an average of 15 and five. So um, that right. that's kind of co- colored a bit Ooh. of my expectations
0: on it. Okay. Let's talk about scoot for a second. Like, uh, let's get real about this. You're watching him play like everyone else's. How are you feeling about him as a long-term prospect? And again, to your point, he's very young. He's had, almost no experience at NBA adjacent basketball. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and I think your point is well taken about that, that the G league ignite is about showcasing individuals and that the college game is more similar to the NBA than the G league Ignite is to the NBA. So obviously there was going to be some adjustment, but like, how are you feeling about scoot Henderson as a long-term prospect, having seen him play for the last 30 some odd games? I think he can get there. I think any anybody who said, you know, a, after the day, I trade think he and, can get and, there. I'm interrupting yes. you, Ryan. That is not that's not a hot take answer. That's not very clippable. Well, it's if, not if very, you want my hot take, I don't answer. hear the I conviction think, in
1: your opinion. I think, he, I think he can get there, but it's going to take him four to five years to get
0: there. I, that's again, I look at, man, I love you. I, I'm going to need like a stronger opinion than that. I think he can get, what do you think about him? Do you think that he is what the he blazers thought he border, was when they drafted him? He will
1: be him? a borderline all-star point guard.
0: And what did you think he was going to be when they drafted him? A borderline all-star point guard. Weird. OK, so you but, never saw the superstar upside then. I, I did. I did not see
1: the superstar upside. We're going to have part- to go back and listen uh, to when
0: when we recorded last. <laughs> I, I don't remember you having that take, but sure, I guess there's I can't really at the moment. I thought
1: the talk of him being an absolute generational talent was a little overblown. Um, a big part of it was because of his, you know, lack of a shot, you know, his athleticism Which you can develop his, his, his correct. You can develop. It's going to take some time. His footwork's a little bit of a mess from what I've seen or from, from watching it. That definitely needs some work. There's a lot of stuff that I think that after this season, he has for one, now the money to go pay to work on it, Um, and for two, the time over the summer to completely break down parts of his game. His strength is in, th- in his athleticism. He needs to work on his decision-making. That will come with game reps and and time so he can figure out how to use that athleticism and that ability to get to the rim to his benefit, to draw fouls. Um, In that, it, he needs to back off a little bit on forcing some of these these passes and 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 trying to kind of set up teammates. I mean, we saw a game here just hell, I think, in the last week where in the first five possessions, he had three to four turnovers. You know, and and some of that is like he is when he's taken the mentality of like, oh, I'll get my teammates involved. Well, you have to yes, you have to do that, but there is a balance between forcing the issue and letting it come naturally. And I think he has the skills to be a very good rim running point guard that can set up his teammates. Um, but because of that, because he lacks for right now and for the foreseeable future an ex- a decent outside shot, um, and, to the point that teams don't even, like, he can stand at the three-point line all day. They, they don't care. Um, it, it, it's going to be hard for him to break any sort of uh, all-star voting ballot So that's why I say, you know, future borderline all-star. Um, the The other thing, too, is that where his benefit would have come in going to college is I think he wouldn't have had as high of a profile. If he had went to college for his first year, I think a a few more of these flaws that we're seeing now would have been exposed, and he may have ended up being a two-year college player or a three-year college player. It would have polished his game a little more. So because of that, I'm not expecting him to actually truly get to a point where I'm expecting high things from him or his ability to lead a team kind of thing until year two or three. So that's why I'm saying, you know, by year five, he could, he could be a borderline NBA all-star. The other thing is that the team needs to shit or get off the pot and decide what the hell they're going to do with Anthony Simons. Is this Ant's team? Is this Scoot's team? Until they can make that decision, it's going to hinder development to some degree. But I don't think that we can, that the Blazers can afford to have a team with all three of them, with Scoot, Sharp, and Simons.
0: Yes. The Blazers can't afford to have scoot sharp and Simon's uh, let's oh, pin that and, come back and to it. figuratively. Totally may, well, let's it'll be ca- expensive one day. Let's talk about that in a second, but I want to go back to scoot Henderson. And again, I'm just going to press this point that like you thought when he was drafted that his upside was maybe an all-star. That's not what I thought. Like when he was drafted, I saw the superstar potential. Like I wasn't the only one plenty of people who know him better than me. What I about saw, it? What what about what you saw from his game led you to 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 see superstar potential? Mostly to be honest, mostly the athleticism, right? Like it's mostly the athleticism. And he does. Cuz you, you sh- can cuz you can't teach athleticism. Everything you can't teach can athleticism teach. to a lesser extent his work ethic and attitude like it does early returns demonstrate well, early returns suggest that he does have the right attitude, the right work ethic. He's in incredible shape athletically. He looks completely fine. I also think like part of before he was drafted, like you saw a little bit of the vision of the passing vision that I think you've seen more of now at the NBA level, obviously his shot was going to be a work in progress. And that's the biggest thing. Um, and like, and I didn't, I didn't know that he would be so turnover happy. In fact, as I'm looking through, he has one game this entire season where he has zero turnovers. Can you guess which game that was? (laughs) Was, It it was a game that just happened that he left six minutes into the game. Was it last night's game? Correct. That's the first game that he has not a turnover. So that's not great. But like the point, the point, the point I'm trying to make, and you can clip this is that I feel not as good about him as when he was drafted. I thought that he had superstar potential now. I mean, okay, like it seems still possible because, yes, like he plays the NBA game more. He understands the pace more. He turns the ball over less. Like some of the passes he's trying to make, they start connecting, or maybe he kind of self selects in his own mind out of attempting them altogether. And his shot comes along, combine that with the athleticism and yes, you've, you've got a stew going, but like, yeah, like I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not like a little bit disappointed in what I've seen so far, even though we all knew that he was going to be a project because he's so young. Um, So I don't know, like, I mean, is it like, is it too early to say that the Blazers made a mistake, quote unquote, picking him? I also agree with you that like, we really aren't going to know for years. And then we're also really not going to know until the Blazers clarify the team around him. Mm-hmm. Because, again, to, to, like I think this is what you were saying. The team around Scoot Henderson right now is not ideal for him to develop and succeed. Although you did mention something. I can't remember if you mentioned it before we started recording or if it was during recording about, you uh, you know, Scoot Henderson would have benefited from playing behind someone like Damian Lillard. And my question back was like, well, what about playing behind someone like Anthony Simons? Like why in your mind is that not like, I I mean, Anthony Simons is not the player Damian Lillard is and was, but like, I
1: can, I can touch on this in two hot button topics for one, watching this team right now. Um, I, I remember advocating that I believed that this team could Field both or all of Damian Willard, Anthony Simons, and Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp. And the clear divide there was Dame and Ant are your starters, and Scoot and Shaden are coming off your bench. And I remember being told numerous times play center. Let's go. and And I remember being told constantly by many people, you can't start the or you can't have the number three draft pick coming off the bench. And I always asked why. Where's scoot Henderson primarily playing now. He's not starting most games. He's primarily kind of coming off the bench and those tend to be his better games.
0: Um, Oh, I want to push back on that really quick. The stats don't necessarily bear that out. He does shoot better off the bench, but it's not this like massive dramatic change. Just so everyone knows I did write a very brief prompt for blazers edge where you can find my writing, by the way, blazers edge.com. Um, where the question to readers was, should he be coming off the bench? And to prompt that question, I did look into his splits starting off the bench. They're really not that different. Again, his shooting is slightly better coming off the bench, but there's not this like chasm between his bench and starting production. Just wanna fact yeah. check you. In fact, his last five well, games off the bench, he's only shooting 37% and 18% from three. So.
1: I will. I will say some of that data does have to be a little skewed because uh, a lot of his starting too happened when Anthony Simons was injured, and so you're taking Ant completely out of the mix and his shot creating ability
0: if he ends up being alongside. But whatever. But I. Uh, my wait. Point wait, wait one, be- one more thing. One more diversion, really quick. Why kay. is it? It's I, I can't remember why the the last game he started. He went for thirty-three, seven, and nine with three steals, and the next game he came off the bench. I don't remember why that happened. Is that because the efficiency? Came back he injury? did that
1: on thirty-one or thirty-two shots.
0: But let the man run, like I mean, I don't know. Like this is like part of me is like, uh, and maybe this gets into something we're going to talk about in a second. I, I interrupted you. Sorry, I'll pin that myself. What were you going to say? Sorry,
1: it's all right because I, I think uh, it's something else that we'll we'll touch on. and in my theory of what Chauncey Billups was, I'll give uh, you a free
0: ice cream for interrupting uh, you.
1: <laughs> from the Rip City remix. <laughs> but uh, uh, uh my theory of what Chauncey Billups kind of did to start the season that got him in a little bit of hot water. But anyways, no, I I think um that if Scoot, you know, he eventually ended up to this coming off the bench, that's that's where as long as Brogdon's on the team I would have much rather him be coming off the bench and learning from someone like Damian Lillard. Totally understandable why Dame at this point in his career and with everything he had been through with the organization, why he wasn't willing to take on that mentorship role, why he wanted to go to a team like the Milwaukee Bucks that he always wanted to go to from day one. He never even considered that awkward team down in Miami. But but, by the way, that thinking about that whole thing makes me all the much more angry that like a CJ trigger wasn't pulled years before. Yeah, I can get down a whole rabbit hole on that, but you know, I I feel, you know, if somehow the Blazers would have ended up with Scoot in a world where Dame wasn't pissed, I think this team could be good and decent and playoff worthy, but whatever. As far as for why I don't think Scoot can learn this from Ant, well, not that he can't learn it from Ant, it would have, it's just not as beneficial for him to learn it from Ant, uh, it's because, and caution, trigger word here, uh. Ant's not an alpha. I'll I'll say it. Ryan! I love that. I love the damn discourse. You son of a gun! I but I think everybody has a massively flawed definition Ant's not an of an alpha.
0: Ant of just dropped forty points of, and ten dimes on right? good that efficiency. He's not an alpha. That uh, yeah, doesn't. That does make. Blah, blah, blah. He's not an alpha. What? Let me yeah, ask you. I'm this. a Chauncey Billups defender. I'm Ryan Whitledge. He's not an alpha. Uh,
1: that is my reputation.
0: <laughs> what? What is?
1: What is the definition of an alpha in sports to you?
0: Somebody who's willing to take over, I think is like a short way to put it right. Like willing to take the hard shot, willing to take a last shot is basically willing to have their stamp on the game when they decide. Why does Anthony Simons not fit that mold? Because you think, to me, you think he's getting me, like 33 and, points and, and, and 40 points and 38 points by just like existing and like No, I think he's I think he's getting that by being a a
1: top tier scorer and a, and just a walking bucket. But being that does not mean that you're an alpha. To me being an alpha is the you are th- that driving force of that team. You are like that Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality of this is my team. We're we're doing this. You know, with that does come like a lot of that hard headed nature, like for lack of a better term, being an alpha to some degree requires being a bit of an asshole. It doesn't mean just because you're the team's best scorer doesn't mean you're the alpha of the team.
0: Wait, like, horse,
1: if I had to pick who the alpha of the of the Trailblazers team is currently right now, I'm probably looking at like a freaking Jabari Walker
0: or Malcolm Brockton. So let's let's let me be clear. The reason why we're talking about this is because back in late December, Chauncey Billups said, quote, on the offensive side, you want to start games and get the ball moving. We don't have an alpha type dude on our team. Correct. What he's so what he's saying in context. So we're not taking his words out of context. He's saying that we don't have someone who you can just feed the ball to and for them to generate offense. He's wrong. Anthony no. Simons is that kind of player. That's exactly I, the kind of player he is. He's not talking about Mamba mentality. I'm the leader of the team. That's that was not the context of the quote. You are wrong. You can apologize to me in where, any form where you, did want. you get, Where I'll did you get the context? Credit card payments, I'll accept money orders, cash you know on what? delivery. I'll CODs. give you a fucking ice cream cone. You keep your coupon. Yeah, give me a fucking <laughs> ice cream cone. So like, look, I'm but just no, saying where, that like where do you, where in do you context, get that context. What what did you invent the context? I got that or... context from a little site called blazersedge.com. Ever heard of it? No, th- this is from his quote from Chauncey Billups' quote, Correct. which by the way is when Anthony Simons came off a season high 41 points. And he says, "We don't have an alpha." Again, the context of the quote was okay, more context, okay? So here a little bit longer quote. This will this will confirm that I'm correct. And you're wrong quote from Billups quote. We don't have an alpha type dude on our team. It just is what it is. We've got some hell of a players, guys that are going to be Mm -hmm. all stars in this league, but right now we don't have that dude that you can throw it to and he'll get us going for the first four or five minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. We just don't have that. So we've got to do it collectively. End quote. He's wrong. That person is Anthony Simons. You can do that. He's not talking about the leader, the emotional heart and soul of the team. That's not what Billups is talking about. It could not be more
1: correct. Ant is not the one to get you going. Ant can get you points, but he's not going to get the team going. Just by Ant scoring yes, is he not can. getting the team going. What are you going. talking about? How is Ant scoring getting DeAndre Ayton more motivated and involved and in getting him going in the game? He's talking about the kind of stuff that we used to see from Dame, where Dame would take the first quarter to make sure his teammates were fed and make sure his teammates were comfortable and I'm warmed sorry, up and in the service Anthony of a game. Anthony Simons
0: goes for 38 and 11 assists or for Great 40 points score, and 10 assists. Score. Or for he is 41 not the, points he and is seven an assists or 23 points and seven assists or 24 points and seven assists. Are you listening to this? This isn't yeah. just about him scoring. This is Great about him getter. creating offense for others. By the way, like look at the last game where he by the way, he's been playing a lot of minutes, plays 40 minutes again, goes for 40 with Ryan, 10 assists. You know what an assist is? An assist is when I give you the ball and you make it. So that's not me scoring. So how, yeah. like, I'm pushing I, back I on the I'm upset. No, My fine. blood pressure's through the roof. I don't understand how... Cheeks are a little rosy. <laughs> because I, a elite... I don't understand. a <laughs>
1: elite... Scorer, a walking bucket is not an alpha to me. If you want me to back this up with an even hotter take that you can clip, is your I back don't hurt I'm moving th- these goalposts? Because you just I don't said get the rest th- of
0: the team going. That's what assists are.
1: Correct. And Anthony Simons, if you look up his numbers from last night, has most of his assists in the third quarter after he finished the first oh, half. What? With, that's with how 20, averages work. No, you, no, he you, had most of them in bunches. the third quarter
0: when he's averaging he a, five he had, assists on the year. That's not nothing. That's quite he had a bit. Like double his did, career averages. Like I don't know. It, I mean, it's like I want the mute button for you.
1: He had twenty two points in the first quarter, and they and then when they the when the Spurs came out of the half, they attempted to take him out of it. His gravity, yes, affected it. And then he was able to get more passing going by the way, he started getting his teammates involved in the fucking third quarter. That is not an alpha that can get the team going right from the beginning. We're so arguing, you're saying that the we're difference between Anthony here.
0: Simons and Damian Lillard is the 1.7 assist difference between the two players this year, that 1.7 assist per game. That's no. the alpha difference not, right there. I'm
1: not going to argue anything alpha wise with a freaking stat sheet because it takes everything out of context. It's a mentality. It's
0: a leadership. It's, it's a, it's a driving factor of, of it all. That wasn't the context of what Bill was saying. Like you're right in that. Like if the, if the, if the definition of alpha includes like leading the team as an emotional leader, you're, of course you're right. But that was not the context. An emotional leader, a, a a a a
1: a driver of the team, a a a. Fultz, a he's speechless a because general general he's so long and just crumbling and under the well, weight no. of my being okay. right. Uh, question for you: Was Carmelo
0: Anthony an alpha? Uh, oh, that's oh man, that's such an interesting question. Because he I mean, was a walking bucket. He didn't pass he, like he, did he, he ever growl. average more than three assists a game in his yeah, whole career.
1: He, like he he was a walking bucket. He had he had that you know. That somewhat of that mentality, but I don't think he was an alpha and I'm not going to okay. lie. I, what, how I, many I would,
0: assists did Carmelo Anthony average negative during his seven, career? If I'm not mistaken, less than three. That's and why so, I said negative listen, seven. Okay. Yes. So, okay. But alpha is point, not just a
1: assist numbers. I'm not just talking about like, Oh, you know, he he got his teammates he gets involved himself and,
0: going and he gets the team going. That's what Billups is talking about. When he said, we don't have an alpha Billups is wrong because Simons is that player case closed. Well,
1: I am just trying to protect my media access with the franchise and not burn my relationships. So I am carrying the water for Chauncey Billups and defending his job. So if you'll Listen, just, man, okay, if you'll just let point, me
0: be on that point, right? if you're a reporter and I will not name names, but if you're a reporter and you come out with these long soliloquies about how the players are failing and this player is failing and that player is failing. And then it's uh, very interesting that you don't say anything critical about the coach. Well, then maybe you don't want to piss off the co- Like, okay, listen, that's part of the game of being a reporter is that you don't want to burn your bridges. I, and we're gonna leave that mm-hmm. aside. Well, okay. Uh, let me end with this on this argument. You are right about and cut. If, you're ta- no. <laughs> if you're talking about the leader of a franchise, someone who embodies something bigger than just the game, and you know culturally and. Yes, then someone like Damian Lillard is different than someone like Anthony Simons. Different, different from. So and that is that's the totally context true. that and I
1: believe that Chauncey said that from.
0: It's not because I just read it to you, but fine. But look, and also interesting, and maybe a quick pivot to Dame, if we if we don't mind. I think it's interesting that like Damian Lillard, that kind of alphaness, that leaderness, he definitely does not have that in Milwaukee. Like it doesn't mean he's not successful. By the way, congratulations, Damian Lillard. All-star starter for the first time in his career, well deserved, should have been a starter several times. Ironically, well, Steph Curry did not become or did not get voted in in the West. The West just has more better guards, and that's literally the only difference. Not like God, Damian Lillard has changed. In fact, he's having, last night. Yeah. So, you know, congrats to Dame. It's interesting he's in that situation. Uh, that situation, quote unquote, being that the Bucs just fired, by the way, fired their coach. When they were, what's the record? Like it was like at that point, like 30 and 13, they were yeah. among the top teams in the league and they had just hired Adrian Griffin. Uh, and r- as we remember, Terry Stotts was the lead assistant on that Bucks team for like two weeks before there was an argument between Griffin and Stotts, uh, and apparently said, Griffin it, I don't well, need this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Adrian Griffin gets mad at Terry Stotts because Terry Stotts is trying to talk with Giannis and Dame and Griffin's like, come over here. And Stotts like, hey, I'm talking with these guys. And Griffin yelled at him. And Stotts is like, yeah, I don't need this. I'm going to you know, watch a Timbers game and drink a beer and peace out. Um, so Adrian Griffin fired Doc Rivers. Now the Bucks coach. I mean, so like, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm a little worried, man, because I want Damian Lillard to win a title. I don't think doc rivers is winning a title in 2024 i just don't
1: know and i'm not gonna lie if for anybody and i've been on this bandwagon but for anybody who said that you know dame can play defense if he just if he needs for those moments that he needs to uh we're gonna see because doc's gonna freaking demand it but oh my god like i would take if i could bet against the bucks futures right now i so totally would because yeah and it's, also that bucks pick that we got now looks a lot better down that it down that road definitely is a 2029 well, that's kind of um, what you want. You're you're hoping that anybody like all these trades, I mean, it's it's always a at this point, it's a quality over quantity. Like, I mean, heck, as we're looking at all the stuff that Toronto just, you know, fire sold all those super expensive assets that just six months ago they said would, you know, take everybody's freaking mortgaging their future to get OG or get Pascal, and they just, you know, gave them away. The the picks that they got, those aren't good picks at all. Because they're too immediate, and you kind of need some of these teams to have their moment and then absolutely drop off. That twenty twenty nine Bucks pick is going to be freaking gold. And by the way, this twenty twenty four Golden State pick is oh, just mm, delicious, delicious right
0: now. Delicious. No, I know. But really, a, a couple more things quickly on the Bucks, though. Because look, they've become my second team. I don't follow them nearly as closely as the Blazers, but like I'm a Dame loyalist, and you know that is what it is. What jersey uh, you wearing into the game? So I was going to ask you, first of all, are you going second of all? No, No, um, I'm going to either wear, I I think, so I was going to, at first I was going to wear the Dame team USA, but I think I do actually have to wear a Blazers Dame jersey. Um, I don't know which one yet. So check back with me later, but I want to say really quick about the bucks and I do have a hot take. So Doc Rivers is also adding uh, Dave Yeager, who was the former coach of the Grizzlies and the Kings and Rex Calamian. Kalamian, is that how you pronounce it? Who is an assistant with the Clippers? But here's my hot take. Doc Rivers is good at many of the things that make a good coach. There's a reason why he keeps getting jobs. Uh, Doc Rivers talked about a cultural leader when the Clippers were going through all the bullshit with their former owner. Like Doc Rivers Mm -hmm. was uh, incredible. He's uh, an amazing, he's a very smart basketball mind, uh, very good communicator, And people really respect him. I think that he's going to have a lot of respect, not just with the players, but with the organization. So having said that, in 2024, can Doc Rivers win a meaningful playoff series? If he has the right staff around him and he allows his staff to maybe show some more autonomy, then maybe like I don't think Doc Rivers by himself is just a, a 2024 playoff winning coach. Cause he's proven again and again that he's not. So I'm a little concerned, but we will see. I mean, it, you know, it, it, I don't, I don't trust what he can do with,
1: you know, a, a big men or a, a generational, uh, big and, you know, an all-star level point guard Cause we've seen him have
0: that in the modern era over in the Sixers and didn't get anywhere. So I would be interested to see maybe, I'd, I'd be interested to see what Doc Rivers as a coach would look like with this year's version of the 76ers and not the one that was dealing with the hard and stuff. But leaving that aside, um, okay, I would have loved if Terry stuck it out and then after all that
1: bullshit, like if Terry would have just kind of like sat back and then Griffin gets fired and then Stotts becomes the coach of the Bucks, head coach of the Bucks again for the second time in his career, well, and then h- him and Dame going, and win. A title. I would have loved it. That would have been amazing. All of to the be Terry fair, beer
0: gifts. I do think that, like, uh, I think it was pretty obvious that part of the reason why Griffin's not there anymore is because Stott's left. So, I, I mean, and by the way, yeah, like, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like he had much that Griffin had much
1: respect from the players. Like, I, I feel credit, as they may
0: have credit to the Bucks organization. So tell me if this story sounds familiar to you, Ryan. You bring oh, in. Are you going to use it? You bring in a first time head coach into a team that you want to elevate into contention and that coach almost immediately underperforms team a says that's fine we'll keep rolling with it team b says fuck that we want to win a title goodbye the blazers could have would have should have gotten rid of billups so long ago he's your hypothetical
1: neil was still going through puberty
0: oh man (laughs) I, i listen i like If there
1: was a competent GM at the head, yes, the Blazers probably would have pulled the trigger on Chauncey Billups. Then a competent GM would have went to ownership and just been like, hey, swallow the 20 million, whatever, just deal with it.
0: Swallow the pride. Look, the other dynamic that was so similar in this was that why was Adrian Griffin, the coach. And why was Chauncey Billups, the coach, the same reason in both cases, that team's best player wanted that person as the coach, the difference is the organization, the bucks, they had the confidence and, you know, the, the strength, I suppose to say, we're getting rid of him anyway. And we're going to hire somebody who we think is the best coach. And again, you could, I don't think doc is, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And the Blazers couldn't, didn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I don't know. But like, yeah. so aren't going to, aren't going to do it this season. And all this, all this shit about like, well, Chauncey Billups hasn't gotten a fair shake. Have you heard even one person in the NBA community saying, well, geez, Adrian Griffin didn't get a fair shake. Has anyone said that? I think maybe magic Johnson might've said something, but I don't, <laughs> I don't trust his you know yeah. opinion on anything basketball related. Really? Whatever. Anyway, uh, not the, the, a good coach, not a good executive, but like, so, so, okay. So uh, like, uh, but Chauncey Billups deserves a thousand chances and Adrian Griffin, it's fine that he doesn't like, uh, again, no. like I just, yeah. If, you
1: don't, if you don't mind, I'm for the first time ever, I'm going to speak up in a in slight defense of Chauncey Billups here. I, I, I mean, breaking news. Wow.
0: No, the one thing that I'm, I will hey, get my internet connections going bad. Uh,
1: uh, 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 uh. <laughs>
0: so for,
1: for one, Going back to the beginning of the year, my impression of Chauncey Billups, I do agree. He's not he's not the long-term coach of this team. Um, he's I maintain he's not it's gonna do the team absolutely no good to if they fire him midseason. Because if they fire him midseason, they're not gonna hire anybody else. Scott Brooks is just gonna get elevated, so you're not gonna see like this major shakeup and change. Um but my theory of like what he did at the beginning of the year is somewhat of that he just rolled the freaking ball out to see what everybody could do warts and all like, here you go. Just go play basketball. Let's figure it out. That's why it looked so atrocious as it did. Um, and I think he did that for a very long time. And now he's kind of back to attempting to do some fine tuning partly so that the vets don't revolt. But the thing that I probably give him the most credit for out of his entire tenure here is that I feel as though after the 62 point loss that followed a 40 some point loss, that followed like a 30-some point loss, that was the point in time that if this team was going to fracture, mail it in, all the vets say, fuck you, I'm done, break everybody's psyche, all that, just pack it up, it would have been the time after that 62-point loss. He's got some pull, some sway to the benefit of the players, especially the young players, to that motivated them to where they are playing Better now. It's not pretty, it's not the best basketball they can play, but it's better than when they were absolutely getting their ass kicked. And whatever abilities he has as a you know players coach, I believe he showed in not letting this team absolutely fracture after that 62-point game. I think that's the best coaching that he's shown in the entirety of his tenure. That's not me saying that he needs to stay the coach. I would fully be on board with after this season, if they let him go, Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if a little bit behind the scenes, maybe there's some sort of, you know, feelers out for coaching searches going on now, you know, other, another topic that I think Chris Mannix brought up is how long does Chauncey want to go through these shitty seasons and tarnish his record? I mean, if he wants to stay in coaching, he's got to, at least start showing some winning. I don't think he's going to do it when we're in a two to three year rebuild. rebuild. Now, I don't buy anybody's argument of we've been in the rebuild for the last two years.
0: No, fuck you. This is year one. If, if Possible, Chauncey Phillips well, gets year two, if, but if Chauncey Billups gets another head coaching job after this, it will have nothing to do with his record. And like, so it's kind of like you know. And, and I do you oh, do you way, agree
1: with me? Do you agree with me? That I do. Not I do. The
0: locker room break on that. I, I agree with you, and here's why. If we are going to sit here and shit on Chauncey Billups for a 62-point loss and say that was at least partially his fault and he's lost the team and they gave up, then you also have to at least partially credit him when they come back and they look you know, highly competitive and they should have won a game where the NBA completely messed up and didn't give him a timeout and they, you know, they went into overtime and won that game. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And like, yes, credit to him for holding everything together. And yes, I will credit him for that. Um, I need to wash the taste out of my mouth right now. I need some mouthwash. Um, but I got yeah, some, we, we got some great audio cuts from you. God, just all of it. We oh need man. to
1: send that to our social media team so they can cut all these and put them in. The our code, yeah, our social media and...
0: team. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Our <laughs> team of of everyone that we have on staff. Let me ask you this, though. The trade deadline's coming up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So coming up in a couple of weeks, you've heard chatter about Malcolm Brogdon. You've heard some reverse chatter about Jeremy Grant, i.e. the team doesn't really want to trade him. I don't I think, think Grant we've heard... wants to leave either. Yeah, we've heard. I don't think we've heard anything about Anthony Simons. Uh, we've even heard some chatter about Robert Williams, which is a little surprising. So and some Matisse-Dibel snippets yeah, here Yeah, some matisse Tybel but... talk. Here's my question. Do you think it's better? So by the way, we are need to agree on the premise that the goal for this team has nothing to do with wins and losses and has everything to do with developing their young talent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so do you think it's better for that goal? Do you think it's better for the development of the talent to either keep the vets, keep some NBA experience around them, some cohesion, they get to learn from them, uh, or do you think it's better for the team to just totally pull the rip cord, become as bad as they possibly can, get more draft capital and open up more playing time for the young players? Which do you think in kind of the medium to long run is a better team building move to trade the vets or keep the vets?
1: You're going to need some vets. I think Jeremy Grant, it, it wouldn't surprise. I don't think he's. I don't think he's anywhere on the block. I don't think he even wants to leave the team I, and his he's a good salary to have. I mean there's still always the argument that you need of like hey you at least, you need to pay somebody. Um Malcolm Brogdon I he's he is he deserves better than what Portland can offer. The thing is is it's gonna depend on the trade partner cuz I I do not imagine that um, the Blazers would not at least consult Brogdon about where they they would be trading him. You know, he very much strikes me as that, you know, if he gets traded to another rebuilding team, he'd rather be like, uh, no, I like, I like the shitty team I'm on right now. I don't want to go to another, a different shitty team kind of thing. So it, it, I think they'll try to do right by him and trade him to a contender with that does come, you know, you're hoping for a more longer term pick cuz it's coming from a contender, you want him on their collapsing end, not on their ascending end. Um so I I I think he's he's gone. I think that's the easiest one. Uh Grant, like I said, I don't see him going anywhere. Um the funny thing, Matisse Thibel was getting mentioned, but he was also getting mentioned with the Sixers before or not the Sixers, the the Bucks before yep. the Doc Rivers news. And so and Matisse has a basically a no trade clause, a right of first refusal because he was signed a restricted free agent. Uh, I can't see I it it would take a a miracle for him and Doc kind of repairing their relationship. You know, he's he's allowed more freedom. and and to shoot the basketball and it's kind of worked out to his benefit as opposed to where doc said, don't touch the effing ball. You get that near the three point line, you pass it. I can't see them having a good reunion. So Matisse is interesting, but but I think, but I think he likes it here as well. And so as far as vets are concerned, hold on real quick. Let me just finish this thought and then I'll, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. As far as vets are concerned out of all of them on the team, the two that I think are the most beneficial to the development of the rookies, or the, the young guys, um, are Jeremy Grant and Matisse Stiebel. Everybody else, and I mean everybody, whose name I did not say, don't care if they're shipped out. I think that's there are fair. Two, there are two significant players in there whose names I did not say, and yes, one of them is very tall and lives in Vancouver.
0: <laughs> uh, so, okay, I want a quick thing on the tibble, uh, the Teibel talk uh, and his no-trade clause – and his relation to doc rivers uh, just because a player didn't have a great experience with the coach doesn't mean that they wouldn't want to go back to them. Again, like doc rivers being the kind of person he is who commands the respect he does. Like, would it shock me if they had a conversation and they were like, Hey, sorry. Yeah, no man, I'm sorry. Like, here's how I would use you. If you came here, that wouldn't shock me. And like the Sixer or the, sorry, the bucks, are a title-contending team. The Blazers are not. If Matisse Thybulle cares about contributing to a title-contending team, then maybe he would want to go somewhere like the Bucks. So, anyway, I just I wanted to point that out. Um, with respect to, yeah, I agree with you that like I I I, I, I kind of think Jeremy Grant that it makes sense to me as the one person you'd want to keep around, and it's for one very simple reason it's for positional scarcity or the opposite positional gluttony, I suppose, Mm -hmm. because you got scoot Henderson and you got Shaden sharp and they are both guards. And so it does make sense to, you know, if you see them both as, you know, starting level or all-star level players someday to surround them with the kinds of players who would, who would mimic a good NBA lineup around them. And that would not include someone like Anthony Simons. Now with respect to Deandre Ayton, Here's the problem. It's when fan bases, I included, get to the point where you're like, I really want to trade this guy because he sucks. Well, guess what? No one else is going to want him. That's the problem. It's also the opposite. Once your player starts playing really well, like Miami heat fans who I want to make fun of so badly, we wouldn't trade Jaime Hawkins for anybody. Well, the second that you start saying that someone is really good, that, that means their trade value is high. That is when Mm -hmm. you would trade them because you can trade them. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The
1: one benefit I think to the Deandre discourse is that when he was in Phoenix, they needed to get rid of him because he was viewed as a malcontent. And I don't think he has that or is portraying that reputation here in Portland. In Portland, he no. does happen to be where I very much feel he as just, though he's, he's a,
0: just not playing. Well. Yeah. And I don't want to
1: say he sucks because I don't think it's that he sucks. It's, oh, are my settings on? I just got, did you give me the thumbs up? I saw the thumbs up bubble. I got so distracted. Really? Where? What? there's okay side tangent apparently zoom is upgraded to a point to where like if you do like thumbs up things or whatnot or and somebody can have a setting to where it actually pops a graphic up on the screen it did oh, it yeah. again there it is
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Thumbs up. that's stupid um, and annoying as fuck on a video thing anyways wait, <laughs> also what? hand up yep there it is oh got my hand up yeah, that's funny <laughs> Yeah, for Zoom.
1: you don't need animations for something like that on a video conference.
0: You know what lets me know you're giving a thumbs up? The fact that I saw you give a thumbs up. I'm going to push back on that as somebody who sometimes convenes large video meetings. When you have 30 participants, it is actually helpful to see the thing pop up because you cannot see 30 videos at the same time. So, but really, quick. anyways. Yeah. So,
1: but for DeAndre, he doesn't suck. He's just he's not playing up to the his expectation level and that does some of that career does come low from
0: the, points career low shooting uh career low in blocks it's and it's not good. i
1: feel that it'd be easy to kind of sell him still now that he's kind of shedded that, how malcont- would that be easy? Who no, wants no, no, this dude on the max?
0: Oh, okay, sorry. Uh,
1: no, uh, he shedded that malcontent thing. He's got a good attitude. I think it's yeah. easy to sell because you can kind of say, "Hey, look, we suck as a team." So it's like he's playing down because we you know we suck we and he's not featured but if you take him you have this good team you need this piece he's that he can fit in there and he'll elevate I it's kind of it depends on how good Joe Cronin can can have that sell job but yeah I, I, I mean I it's, feel it's, it's easier that he could just blame the the team in general as being crappy to get a little um, bit value out of him
0: maybe but here's the problem is that like two years ago right like he was becoming the kind of what's that fighting with Monty Williams, that too. But like two years ago, (laughs) two years ago, he was becoming the player that people thought that he could be as a number one pick. And at a minimum was becoming like a very important player on a title contending adjacent team. Then last year he had what people thought was a down year, and the problem is that this year he's way worse than that. Like that's mm-hmm. the problem is that like his, his effective field goal percentage for his career is 59 and percent. Do you want to guess what it is for this year? And so by the way, two years ago it was 64% effective mm-hmm. field goal percentage. Do you know what it is this year? What, what 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 was last year again? Repeat that. So, okay. His career effective field goal percentage is 59 and percent. All right. Two years ago, it was 64% last year that everyone thought it was going to like a down year. It was 59%. And what is it for this year? We go 44. Oh, okay. That'd be way too far. Uh, 53, 53% effective. Oh, okay. oh, I went for the extreme. I thought he absolutely sucked, but all
1: right. <laughs> but I mean, that's, can, but that's really that's,
0: basketball shooting 54% as someone who does not take threes is awful. That's really bad. And it's very different from, again, two years ago where he was shooting 64%. So like my point is also stretched outside the paint way too fucking often. Yes. And look again, like I'm like Chauncey Billups is a coach, like Chauncey Billups, you have this guy who has played at an all-star level. And this is the kind of production you're getting out of him. Fucking really. It's I do feel like that narrative has been lost and people just say, well, it's all on Deandre Ayton. I'm not so sure about that. Like, like, like you failing to utilize a player who again was an impact player in the finals not that long ago. That's a little bit on the coach, but like anyway, I the, the Blazers look, they're stuck. They're stuck with DeAndre Aiden. They're not gonna move him, no one wants him. And the cost for the Blazers to get off of that contract is the opposite of what they should be doing for their team building. Well, can, can they pr- can they sweeten the pot by uh giving somebody Anthony Simons to take him? That would be really <laughs> terrifying to like have Anthony Simons be the thing that sweetens the pot to get rid of Deandre Aiden. What a disappointment that would be. So look, they're stuck. I them all to the airport. I, and like, yeah. I, it's like, you know, I, I mean, this has become a different topic now, but now just thinking like, I mean, if the Blazers are stuck with Deandre Aiden, like how are they going to, I mean, to our point about you want players around scoot and Shaden who help them develop. If Deandre Aiden is not the kind of center who when playing with those guys, like helps them develop and the Blazers are stuck with him. What does that mean for the next I, several years? Like, I does think, that not stunt their I, development? Like, that's not great. I
1: think he's acceptable because it's not a directly, Im- <laughs> it's not a directly impactful position to the guards. If their center isn't, you know, all-star level,
0: he doesn't you have to be figure. all-star level, but like, I mean,
1: <laughs> he's a serviceable center, but he's paid like an all-star level.
0: I think he's better than I, I think he's better than Nurk. His, I mean, this year his shooting is so bad. I'm trying to look up now Yusuf Nurkic, but like his shooting is so bad, he's like it's feeling like he's a little bit below serviceable. Oof, do not look at Yusuf Nurkic. Uh his shooting percentage is Told you is better than Nurk. Oh my goodness. Um, so and that's a that's a team with book and KD. Yeah, <laughs> that's not great. Uh okay. Well, so I, what else What else do we got for today? Look, I mean, we need to get back in the rhythm of recording. I'm glad that we jumped on. Anything else that we just, like, need to hit on before we go?
1: Not that I can think of. I, th- I think we've covered most of it. I mean, I just, I, if I can go on a small soapbox, I like to, just to let anybody know who listens, who then also follows on Twitter, for one. You can tell how interested I am in the Blazers because all of my shit is political rambling at this point. I just throw a bunch of crap at the wall. But uh, (laughs) anyways, (laughs) um, for anyone that I... Egg on about any of their Chauncey Billups things. I just love the humor of it. It's why I pop on and I'm like, oh, he should coach him to turn the ball over glass. I'm doing nothing but just poking with a stick. It's how Brandon is with the Heat fans. He just finds them, he pokes him with a stick. Oh boy, I do a lot. I do a lot better of walking away from it than you do. You stay in the thread and engage with them. But uh, by the but way, no, I, I just I, I, I say it all in jest, and I you know everybody's allowed to have their opinions. My opinion is that Chauncey will be here through the end of the year. I don't think he's that good of a coach but we're stuck with him and bitching about him does absolutely no good. I don't think he's,
0: I don't think he's destroying the psyche of the team, but I'm not sure yeah. bitching about him does no good. I think that there are enough examples where NBA teams are taking cues from the people who pay them money to show up to games. Correct. Like, and they're I not don't... owned by Jody Allen and and run in the closet by Bert cold. So I remember now the last podcast, I made the argument that, it would be a wise financial decision to move on from Chauncey Bells because he's not paid very much. And because he's harming the value of the team, because the development of the players is being harmed. So anyway, but like leaving that aside really quick on heat fans, y'all really thought that Terry Rozier was going to pull you into title contention. (laughs) I just I look and I love, I actually really I like want, J- Jimmy Butler. I want Butler. no part of this. This is all Brandon Goldner. Leave me alone. <laughs> I like Jimmy Butler, I like Eric Spolstra. I mostly like the heat in general. To be honest, I really don't like their fans. I really don't like their reporters. And like it, it, I I think it's 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 Jimmy Butler's 34. He's 34 years old. He's probably played his best basketball already. And instead of getting someone like Damian Lillard, you get Harry Rozier, and you think that's maximizing your championship window, the Miami Heat have very clearly chosen the, we want to be okay a couple years from now over, we want to be great right now. That's the choice they made. And I hope that Miami Heat fans can deal with it. And if you want to deal with it on Twitter, you always can. I'm at Goldner PDX. He is at the, did you have anything else? Sorry. No, no. We'll end I on don't your, know why I ended with that, but that's what well, we're doing. Um, great ending. And again, one, at, that is all him. No, don't even need BDX. my Twitter handle. I have nothing to do
1: with this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at the witty Ryan. You can also find our Twitter, which I need to use more at like the blazers or at we like the blazers.com. That's it. We'll be back at some point in the not too distant future. Maybe right before the trade deadline. I am Brandon. That is Ryan. We appreciate you all. And until then, go Blazers. Go Blazers.